You are listening to The Morning Bliss with Nongululeko Mandula. I say, I say, Africa must wake up, the sleeping sons of Jacob, for what tomorrow may bring. May Our dynasty on The Morning Bliss. Can you tell me, young ones, who are we today? This morning on Our Dynasty, we are joined by a great man, a man who's forged away silently, uh, in the background, but has done tremendously amazing things in the space of business in South Africa and across the continent. We are joined by the group chairman of Akani, and uh, this is Mr. Zamane Lejana. Thank you very much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Nuko, and good morning to our listeners. And thanks for the compliments, by the way. <laughs> they're all heartfelt and they're all really meant from the bottom of my heart. You are a man who has done absolutely amazing things as a business person in Africa. Africa is currently facing many challenges when it comes to business, when it comes to economic emancipation for Africans, despite the fact that our continent has so many rich resources, we've got a lot of land, a youthful population, but we are still seen as a dark continent. Now, firstly, why have we not risen above the ashes? What is keeping Africa down? Well, it's a, call it a mistake of our own. Um, no one can liberate us except ourselves that can liberate ourselves or get the freedom out of our own uh, endeavor. Despite that, we're colonized by various uh, countries, but the fact is we're still here in Africa. We still have the sun coming from the east and going down to the northern side. However, there were laws in the past, historically, we're told that, for instance, our forefathers were having um, uh, kettles, were having uh, the wealth of family. They, they used to have their own stable meals that they would go to the farm, plant mealies and, and sow it and build their own meals and all that. So they were, they were sustaining themselves without the Western civilization that came into being. Now, most of the grouping that came into Africa, whether in the form of missionaries or in the form of people passing by and, uh, and took over uh, the country to their control, which ended up in various regimes, which then came up with a lot of laws that in, in the main was suppressing an African man or woman. Uh, one typical example was that uh, I know for the fact, because I've done history in my early schooling, that uh, African male were forced uh, to go to work, particularly in the mines. Okay, they were forced. Remember they had everything and they were surviving without uh, all the currencies that we currently use. They were battering among themselves, exchanging type of animals that they have to their neighbors, to all those people. Now, when the Western people came to this country, or European, they then converted that and tried and forced our own people to abandon the way of living, to start working for them. Because then through their laws within their regimes, they then said, the, for instance, uh, African male that had head of cattle, they need to pay for it. 
they need to pay a tax for headache, even for dogs. If you have a dog, you must pay for it. And you don't pay by buttering with your head of cattle or whatever. You must pay with money. And money was coming from them. So people were forced to leave from wherever they are to come and work in the mines. Some were working for a year or some were working for a couple of months just to get the rental money to, to pay rent for them to survive. So as a result of that, we lost our entrepreneurship because we were farmers by nature. You know, you were born as a farmer or you inherit from your forebear, and then you continue that line. And there was nothing wrong in it. Yes, because life has also evolved. We are now at the stage where we need to transact uh, with various countries or individuals from various countries into Africa. But still, uh, our transaction, we come in at the very low end uh, of the economy. You can imagine today, you look at the rent, is standing at um, 20.5 to the dollar. So for one to get one dollar, you must pay 20 times. For one to get a pound, uh, you must pay uh, almost 23 times. Even a euro, 19 times. So these are the challenges that Africa as a whole is facing. Firstly, in the past, when I grew up, Never mind about my age now. When I grew up, we used to use pounds in this country. Now, how it then changed and it became a rent, again, it was part of the regime, but it's so low rated to such an extent that you cannot compare an African wealth person with the citizen of US or Europe. You can't. Because how can our currency be so low, be 20, past le 20 times less than, for instance, a US dollar? And these are dynamics that are there. So you've taken us a bit through the history of where we were as yeah. Africans and yes. where we are now. And it clearly seems that it was constructed. Yeah. It was intentional. It was yeah. deliberate yeah. Um, where we find ourselves today. But it has also created something in our mindset. Yes. Us being taken away, as you have said, from our origins of farming, yes. from our origins of understanding nature and the land and how it can help us to survive, us yes. knowing how to barter and now being reliant on a particular system. That has really changed the mindset. I, 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 I foresee us taking a long time to move from that. Yes. But before we get to some of the challenges that we are facing now, yes. I'd like you to tell us, how did you, as a businessman, as an African, as a South African, as a global citizen, as a Pan-African, how did yes. you make it in business with the challenges that you have spoken about, with the predisposition of where we were as Africans yes. and where we are now? Yeah. Look, it, it wasn't easy, and still today it is not easy. Uh, particularly in my case, to be the only black administrator in the financial sector. I'm the only one. Um, you know, uh, there are a lot of stumbling blocks where even our laws uh, will make, are made or designed in such a way that 
African men don't enter the financial sector. So there is a serious barrier there. For instance, I'll give you a typical easy example. If I want to register an insurance company, uh, it's a requirement that I must have at least 10 million. 10 million. That I must show to the register that uh, I want to register a, an insurance company. Now, and that 10 million must be kept there in cash. Uncumbered. Yeah, unencumbered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In cash. And then uh, you then have to have maybe another 10 or 20 million for you, then you can kick off as an operational uh, expense to run your insurance. So the, the barriers of entry are very steep and very high. So no one uh, is capable of entering that space. Unless they've got uh, money that has been passed down, good trust funds, and yeah. that's not what most of us have. Yeah? No, African, African men or men or African person uh, does not have that. Or what you may have, maybe it's a barren farm. Uh, even there, there are also other barriers because even when you are harvesting, let's say cabbage or whatever you can harvest there, uh, you have no market to go and sell the stock that you've harvested. So all these are, are barriers to the entry in the industry. Doesn't matter which industry, because the laws are not making it conducive for an African person to participate in any, in any sector of our economy. You know, history taught us that, for instance, in, in South Africa, uh, we used to have, for instance, four different banks, uh, United, Allied, um, Trust Bank, was this, uh, another, this third one, um, these banks, some were used to fund the farmers during the National Party regime. So if a farmer wants to farm, one of these banks will support that farm. When this new government take over, I mean took over, all those four banks amalgamated into APSA. Okay. I'm not so sure whether they're still funding and all that, but I'm raising this aspect because government can make it conducive for its citizens, particularly Africans, uh, to enter into whatever sector that they have knowledge of. So these, these banks, um, yeah. were they funding everyone in South Africa or was it um, a select few? It was designated for white Africans specifically, mm. not for everyone. Now, this, this, is, uh, this is where the disparity starts. Yes. Um, and this is why we are where we are at right Correct. now. Many will say then we've got BEE. I mean, BEE came in. Shouldn't that be one of the things that are looked at and people are saying, yes, now we can equal the playing field? No, you see, we, it's a good uh, law to have, uh, but the law is as good as any other paper that you can read and be able with. It doesn't change the life of a person. Uh, I believe that the person, he or she can change his or her life. You know, you go to stand up and start doing something, irrespective of this 
challenges that some of them have mentioned. No, that should not be the de deterrent for an African person to make sure that we take our space. You mentioned South Africa or Africa is rich by, with all the minerals. Not only the minerals, even the weather. You know, I have traveled. And the, the only best weather you can get in the world is in Africa. We don't have extreme cold weather here. We don't have, well, in some other parts next to equator, that's where maybe we can have extreme sun or sunshine. But below the equator, the weather is good. Uh, if we're able to improve, to export the weather, we're going to make a lot of money. But however, it's not possible. <laughs> if we're in the value chain as well. <laughs> exactly. But all what we need to do is to make sure that whoever have a line of thinking in entering the industry, maybe we need to hold hands and support one another as Africans and make sure that we, we, begin, we begin to take over the economy. Earlier yeah. on, I was asking you about um, how you grew up, how yes. you managed to bring yourself up to yeah. be at a state where you are able to say you are the only black administrator. Yes. What were the challenges? How did you overcome? No, look, uh, the, there is a say that the perseverance is the mother of success. Okay. I, I never stopped dreaming. Whenever I want to do something, I become decisive, irrespective of who comes in with the laws and all. I had a lot of visitation here yeah, in this office. Uh, in my office, I mean, by various investigators from the then Financial Services Board, which is now Financial Sector Conduct Authority. You know, in and out my office as if you know, I've stolen something and all that. At no stage since, we, since I started this company that someone, after they've done their own investigation, they've ever came back and said, look, this is a feedback of what we have done or assessment that we've made, nothing till today. So, but it never uh, you know, put me down to say this is enough, no. I told myself, the more they come in, the more they ask these questions, they're opening up my eyes, they're opening up my vision. I can see more, I can do better. So every time they ask things, I improve. Two or three times in what they're asking me. So I've been very decisive in what I'm doing. Uh, and as a result, I'm still here today. Sure. Yeah, so it wasn't easy. Uh, you can imagine that uh, even recent, uh, the regulator sent some reservists to my office and uh, then they went to the media and they said one statement, uh, we're at Akan offices for search and seizure. What That's were it. they searching for and we, what did they seize? We don't know. We don't know. Mm. They took, we gave them the data that they asked according to the defective order that they brought in here, we gave them, we gave them. But since July 2022, we're now in November 2023, nothing came up out of that. So the challenges have always been there yes. as a business person. Correct. But the challenges still persist even in this 
democratic dispensation where BE is available. Yeah. We've got laws that say we are empowering black business, but in Africa, yeah. specifically South Africa, yeah. you as a black business person yeah. are still facing challenges. Yes, I can tell you I'm a witness to that. Um, and as a result, as I said, even when there are other entrepreneurs there that are saying, oh, we saw Akan offices, the NASO, they even visited here. They said, no, look, we want to open our own. They're scared when they get this kind of statements and, and all that publicity, just to dampen uh, Akan inter entrepreneurship. And they're not going to win because, um, you know, I have, it's myself, and I'm not alone, you know, I have over 200 employees in these offices. Now, the team that I've appointed is a succession planning. And these are black, African, male and female, are highly qualified. And I'm training them to take over. So the legacy will stand, I believe. The legacy will continue even when I'm not on. So, but it's something that we, one need to implement and make sure that uh, the successors understand where I come from, understand the aim of the business, so that that vision will continuously emerge as a black-owned company, black-owned manage and control. So we, we have to, it's a struggle, but again, that struggle is teaching us something because our, the laws are there, but the laws are useless because you can't use them. It has to be executed by somebody else. But those who are in power, if they're not assisting in ensuring that these laws are executed, like for instance, you speak of BEE, today we're told that um, uh, the capitalist uh, companies or white companies are now BEE level one because they are the highest contributor. What is that? What nonsense is that? So they are the highest contributor. They've been contributing anyway, all along. But all of a sudden, they've been recognized. So now, where's your BE status as a dark-skinned person? It falls aside. The challenges are so many. How yeah. can they become um, a, a change in this narrative? How can we see black business, African business, yes. coming together to create the change that is necessary yeah. for the future generations? Look, they were ha I would say there is a process, I wouldn't say it's finalized. It's a process that has started by a black business council, of which I'm a member. Um, and I have joined them because I fought the battle on my own, or I struggled on my own. Uh, when black business come, came into being, I then decided to join black business. But I'm not joining black business just to become a, a member. No. The intention is to use the energy that I have and encourage other businesses to come together so that we can then take over the economy or can form part of the economy, not really take over. Take over and prevent the control. We're not going to annexed or take somebody's assets or things like that. No, we got to use our own thinking to make sure that 
we create our own space. The only challenge we have now, even in South Africa, is that uh, we don't work together as a team or as partners or as brothers and sisters. No, we don't know that. Your brother, uh, Noku, is only the brother that you biologically born with. Your neighbor is not your brother. And Ubuntu, it's referred to your fellow African. Can we practice Ubuntu in the business sense? Yes. How that, so? Yes. That's, the minute we start applying Ubuntu, which has been there as a principle in an African community, that's when we begin to work together and use one another's talent to our advantage. Current was so divided. Sometimes we are divided because you, we speak different languages or you come from a certain area. So we have already branded ourselves. You know, I come from this province, you come from this province, and I think I'm more cleverer than you and otherwise. That, that's where now we, we separate ourselves unnecessarily. So, and we don't need that. We're all Africans. We need to make sure that we use our effort and knowledge and we work together. Once we do that, we'll create the space in the economy. But if we don't do that, we're not going to do that. It's so unity, unity is needed it, in order for um, there to be synergies that yes. open up yeah. for African business. Yeah. Another thing that I see as a challenge, and I don't perceive it so much in, for instance, uh, the Muslim business community yeah. or the Jewish business community, specifically in South Africa, yeah. because I see that you know, you'll find a father teaching the son and the son will go and teach the grandson in the same industry, in the same yes. business, and the business will flourish forever. Yeah. You were speaking about succession. I don't yeah. see succession. Yes. I don't see succession, whether it's in career paths or in, in, in business or in agriculture. Yeah. I don't see succession in Africans. Yeah. How can we yeah. change that? Look, like I said, uh, earlier on that uh, in my own business, I have appointed, for instance, I've got eight CAs, eight, okay, that are working for me. Wow. Yeah. They're headed by a lady who's a, um, a general manager for our operations. My partner that I started with is an MD. Okay, we're almost not far away from each other with regard to age. So, the lady that was appointed, I think she's under 40. She's now the GM. Okay. And now, if you look at all the financial, all the departments that deal with finance, with benefits, with pure administration, they're headed by qualified individuals. So it's these qualified individuals that are making them to sing a song about Akane and its future. Now, that's how we start to work together by virtue of understanding uh, the future of the business and why they are here. They are here because whatever role that they have to play is not, yes, call it an employment, but we are empowering them to know that this is the entrepreneurial position. They are running each and every department, the head of that department, including the subordinates. They know that whatever they are doing, they're running their own businesses. So therefore, we need their talent 
Uh, I always say to them, guys, every one of you has a talent. You are born with a talent. Don't allow that one day you'll be buried with, with that talent without you using it. Then you have lost everything that you had in life. So use that talent while you're still there. Wrong or right? Let's, let's look at it. If we need to guide you, you'll be guided. But if you don't use it, you're going to disappear with it. Hmm. Yeah. So succession is about being a leader that teaches and shows yes. and empowers mentally. Uh, you, 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 you bring tears to my eyes. Maybe I must come and apply for a job at Akani because your job becomes a yeah. business. Um, yeah. And that sort of mindset is a mindset that's not given to people who no. go and get an education. From grade R up until grade 12, you are taught subjects and those yeah. subjects are therefore converted into what you will then study in tertiary education. Yeah. You get to tertiary education, yes. you are taught uh, the theory and if you are lucky, a bit of practical mm. of that particular industry, you are never taught the entrepreneurial side of yes. anything that you study Correct. in formal education. Correct, yeah. This needs to change, in my opinion. I don't know what you think, yeah. but I feel like we as Africans are being taught to work, to be workers, yeah. and not even to become workers who will dismantle and assemble and create and innovate. We are taught to be workers in jail. Yes. So you get to the office and say, I do what I'm told according to my contract, and I get my pay at the end of the month, and I continue until the age of 65. Yes. But that's not what you are doing. No, you are absolutely right. Remember, our structure of education like you said, it's not intended to empower a person to become a better person in terms of uh, economic freedom. No. It creates some form of a slavery that uh, when you are qualified, for instance, you must start looking for work. That's why today we have a lot of maybe former students with degrees and all that, they're unemployed. Why? They're not relevant to their kind of qualification. It's not relevant to the environment. So they cannot apply it, you know. And that's what the problem is. Because the type of education that we have or that we are receiving is not empowering. Now, if it's not empowering, then our kids or students, they need them to read more books because the knowledge is in some books. Doesn't matter who wrote those books and all that. Read it, understand what other people have achieved or have learned. Then use the basic knowledge. I call it basic knowledge. Whatever the degree or whatever, for me, it's, uh, it's not something that I can boast about. No. What I'm prepared to boast about is when I start doing something based on the knowledge that I have on my own, or even when I get support somewhere. But I must do something that will make a difference in my life, in my community life, or in my family, community life, and the country. Then I'm a meaningful person who's alive. But those who are still going around looking for employment, it's a problem on its own. You can imagine uh, somebody with an MBA, Masters of Business Administration, you know, uh, and still applying for work. 
<laughs> yes. you, know, you have developed, you know how businesses run or manage. Uh, now, how are you going to apply your, your knowledge when you only go there and you are told this is your job description? So you are limited already. They are telling you, this is the chain. We are tying you up. You can't do anything else other than what we told you to do. You move sideways, you're out. So we, we can't continue with that kind of thinking. We have to, to look at ourselves, take an introspection and say, what is it that I'm capable of doing? Or what can we do to improve ourselves, our families, our community, and even the country? If, if you are only saying, no, you are waiting for political leaders to guide you, then you are a lost generation. <laughs> oh, hitting very hard there. Yeah. You are hitting very hard. Yeah, and I'm generation. sure that there's a lot of nerves that are being struck, yeah. but I think it's in the good direction. We've yeah. also had an emergence of tenderpreneurs. Yeah. Those who are not entrepreneurs, those who are not necessarily business people, yes. but I, I call them hustlers, you know, as yes. And this being able to offer service and product to government specifically yes. is what they're doing via tenders. Yeah. This, is this sustainable? I don't even want to give my thoughts of it, but is this tenderpreneur um, gravy train that is currently happening sustainable? Yeah. No, look, from my own uh, subjective anal analysis, it is not. Um, should, it shouldn't have been you know, employed in the first place. There was no need at all. If there are, I'm saying, the best way is to empower the community. And government can do that. Um, as I was indicating to you earlier on about the banks that have amalgamated, and before that, they were funding their own, call it white farmers. That's what they were doing. Uh, that's one part that they were good at. But uh, if we don't empower uh, our people uh, or teach them how to catch a fish and we'll give them a fish like we're doing currently, uh, or whether it's in the form of tendering or it's in the form of food and all that, then we are creating um, a community that is not effective. Because if you give me a tender and I don't have an entrepreneurial skills, you want me to deliver certain things, let's say furniture, for instance. I'm not manufacturing, remember. There are no black manufacturers or African manufacturers in this country. Now, you are saying to me, I must go and buy you, by my example, a furniture from a furniture shop. That not is even important. from the factory. That is important yes. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, so the government amount that was given to me is now taken out of the country to go and reach another country somewhere. But if we put it differently and say, let's empower our own people to start doing the following, and we'll do the assessment and evaluate, you know, uh, and see which one is a better product. And then government can buy from those. And those who are not I don't want to say an inferior product. Let's say we speak of first grade, second grade, and third grade. 
then we can create a team or institution that will start training all those that were graded second, third, and fourth, so that the 